Hello, welcome to 108 Stitches Podcast with your hosts, Richie DeVoteye and special guest, Melissa DeVoteye. Mollican sets. Garcia is ready. Here's the 0-2 pitch. And it's swung on, hit in the air to center. Tyler Holt sprinting back all the way to the warning track. And he makes the catch falling down. He makes the catch on the track. And the Clippers win. Oh, my. Columbus holds on and beats Indianapolis as Tyler Holt falls down with the baseball just a couple of feet from the center field wall. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 108 Stitches podcast with... Your host, Richie DeVoteye, and your co-host for the show is Melissa DeVoteye. On this show, I'll be talking about the Indianapolis Indians announced they would host an exhibition game between the Cincinnati Reds and Pittsburgh Pirates. The Major League Baseball said they would extend netting at stadiums. And third, I will talk about the Cincinnati Reds' Reds Fest. And the fourth, I will talk about the Louisville Bats logo chains. Now, welcome to the show, Melissa DeVoteye. Hi, honey. Hi. What is your thoughts on the um, Indianapolis Indians hosting the exhibition game? I'm excited about it. It's close to home, and I hope we get to go. Why are you excited about it? Uh, well, we got engaged in an exhibition game, and I love the Reds, and it's got the Pirates. Why are you excited for a Pirates game? I don't know. I just like the... They're not like the Cardinals. They don't... Their fans don't whine too much. And they're a good opponent. What do you think about these types of games do so well? Why do you think they draw big crowds? Do you think it's because they uh, are in smaller markets that maybe don't get to travel to see their major league club? Um, I think that's part of it. I think also that sometimes exhibition games can be cheaper, so they're more affordable. Why do you think uh, minor league baseball is so much cheaper than major league baseball? That's a good question. I'm not really sure, but um, I think that... Minor league games have a lot more interesting things. They cater to a lot of the families with their... I know Major League Baseball, with their mascots, they do a couple things. But with the minor league, they hold a lot more promotions. Um, They do Dime a Dog Nights. Families love that. It's cheap. They can come to a ball game. The food is cheap. Um, And... All the minor league ballparks that we've been to, the food normally is cheaper. At a major league baseball game, it's usually triple that. So it's more affordable to families to go to a minor league game than it is a major league. Would you rather watch a minor league game or a major league baseball game? Um, I like both equally, but the minor league game, I think it's, fun to watch the upcoming talent that might be on whatever our favorite team might be, which ours is the Reds. Do you think it's because you're closer to the action than you are at a major league stadium? Yes. 
Um, it's a lot more affordable to get closer at a minor league game than it is a uh, major league game. I've The closest I've ever been at a major league game is um, maybe like 12 or 15 rows up from the field, and that's right on the first baseline. But on minor league games, I've been right down behind the 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 home plate so it's it's a lot more affordable and i me i like that because i'm cost conscious uh we have an interesting story about an exhibition game i proposed to you at the louisville bats cincinnati reds uh exhibition game a couple years ago tell your side of the story okay um well we went with my parents and it was I was really excited because I like I like Louisville. Um, we ended up eating a really cool pizza place, and the name is escaping me right now, but it's great pizza um, before the game. And then we walked, um, we parked, and then walked part of the way down to the ballpark, which was really I like the Louisville Bats. Um, it had a nice carousel. Um, when we got there. I was kind of nervous. I didn't know what was going to happen because you were acting kind of funny. And um, you seemed nervous and I didn't understand why because you had been around my parents before. So um, it was kind of interesting. And then uh, it was freezing cold that day. They ended up not even playing the full game and calling it after like I think five innings. And raining... We're freezing, the wind is blowing, and then you say I'm going to get something to drink and go to the bathroom, and you didn't come back. And so we decided to come find you. We finally found you, and um, then we were waiting. My dad walked away to do something, and then he was gone, and we couldn't find him, and they had called the game, and we're sitting there and trying to find uh my father and he finally caught up with us and we were everybody was leaving the ballpark it was cold everybody was wet and um all of a sudden at the entrance you stop and we're walking out and right in front of the corner of a food stand and a trash can <laughs> you stopped and I, I was a little nervous, and when you told me that you loved me and how special I was, it made me cry, and it was the happiest moment of my life so far, and it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. What um, is it about sports that makes it so special to me and you? Um, I think um, both of our love of baseball and our love of growing up with it. Um, my brother played sports all through high school and, and growing up he was in Little League. So we've always been big baseball fans and, you know, I thought it was really cool when I finally met someone that cared about those things the way that I did, that had the same passion for baseball and, and especially the Reds and... I just thought it was really cool and that's a really neat thing to have in common with somebody that you can go and do those things with. 
See, a lot of guys, they say sports, that's their domain. I'm the opposite. I like having you as a partner because it's boring to go to games alone. I don't get why guys wouldn't want... I can understand maybe if their wives didn't know much about the sport. I could see that driving them a little bit crazy. Yeah. But I'm lucky enough to where you at least got an understanding of the sport. And I don't have to answer a bunch of questions because you already know them. Yeah. Do you think that's part of the reason why a lot of guys like to go to sporting events alone? I think so because a lot of... um, There are a lot of women that do like sports. But um, sometimes I think that if a woman knows... Sometimes if a woman knows a lot more about sports than a guy, they get intimidated and they get get a little upset. (laughs) And it kind of scares them away. But um, I don't know if... Guys out there, if they find a woman that likes sports, they should embrace that because they've found somebody that they have something in common with, and that's a good thing to have something in common with sports because uh, if your girlfriend or something, if they don't like sports, then you're always going to have that thing where she's always going to be nagging, you're going to too many games, you're doing too too much stuff with sports. Um, Well, with us, it's not like that because I both... We both like to do that. Um, we're moving on to our next topic. Uh, MLB announced that they would be extending uh, netting in stadiums. My thoughts on this is, I don't, I don't know um, how this will affect games. I think it would be a negative just because I like the open space. And I think a lot of the accidents has happened because people's not paying attention. I think they have their noses in their cell phone or they're doing something else and not paying attention to the pace of play or whatever. Now, I don't expect you to, you know, watch the whole game, but there's times where some of the accidents could have been avoided, like people being on their cell phones or whatever. Um, I'm against netting, extending the nets. I think they're fine where they're at. Um, I do have a funny story. Uh, last year, we was at a game and we went to batting practice early. And we is, um, there's a home run, we is in left field. And, uh, your parents was with us. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was, when I was doing something, I wasn't paying attention like I should have been. And all of a sudden I hear Melissa say, hey, look up. And I see a ball coming right toward me. What is your reaction to that? Um, it scared me i was thinking oh gosh i hope he moves his head fast enough so the ball doesn't pounce him in the forehead um but you know being in the outfield you gotta you gotta pay attention um i agree with you i don't think there needs to be more nets i think people just they know the risks when they go to a baseball game and they know that you know me for one i like to sit there and watch the game there's no sense i like to take pictures with my cell phone and do that, but at least I'm always conscious of where the ball is going. Every time it's hit, I'm looking to see if it's going to come my way. And sometimes we take a glove with us, sometimes we don't. But, you know, you just got to be prepared and you've got to pay attention. I'm one of those people that if you set in the lower level, you better be prepared. Because you don't know when a foul ball is going to come your way. And it's a little bit different once you get on the upper, uh, upper, upper levels because they hardly don't come there. Yeah. But when you're on a 
lower levels, sometimes like the seats we get along the third base side, there's a lot of foul balls hit that way. Right. I don't understand why more people, I don't know if it's the, the society that we live in and they have to be connected to their device all the time. I think it's taken away from the game too that uh, they're always on their cell phone during the game. Don't get me wrong. I like it because, hey, if I want to know a stat of something, I can just look it up on my cell phone at the ballpark. But I don't think people should be spending every waking minute of the game on their cell phone. Yeah. Um, The only time that um, recently when I was more Twitter active, uh, I used to tweet things about the game during the game. But I was always aware of where the ball was. I mean, I'm not going to sit there... I go pay money to go watch a baseball game. Not to sit there and talk to people on my phone or look at Facebook or do that kind of thing. Yeah, I post some pictures here and there, but I don't do it all the time or during the whole game. Um, I think if you're going to pay that kind of money to go to a baseball game, then watch the baseball game. That's, that's good. Uh, good thoughts. Uh we're moving on to our next topic, which is uh, Reds Fest, which is coming up. Um, what is your thoughts on uh, these type of events? Are they good, bad, in between? What, what's your take on it? Um, I think they're good. I think some t- there's some negative as- aspects to it. Um, the positive ones, you know, people that may not be a huge baseball fan, um, if you, you know, if you invite somebody to go with you and they experience that, you know, it may turn them on to really loving baseball, you know, seeing, you know, how interactive the players are with you. And that's something that I know I really enjoy, um, especially the first year that we went when we met Joey Votto, you know, he was really interested in getting everybody's name right. He wanted to make sure you know, that he understood everybody's name. And he he asked me, he said, Did your, is your name, you know, Melissa? And I said, yes. So he's like, I just wanted to make sure it was correct. So they always want to um, talk to the fans and interact with the fans. And I think that if you have a person that, you know, maybe thinks that professional athletes are stuck up or snobby, this is a way that to change that kind of mindset with people that aren't fans of professional athletes. You talked about the negatives. Uh, I I know I could think of a couple negatives. Uh, Used to, it was poorly run, but now it's not. They they fixed it. There's still some things that that could get better at these type of events. Um, For one, the autograph hounds. Yes. I, I think it takes away from the real fans experience mm-hmm. because these these events are so cheap that if you're autograph round then yeah of course you're going to go to it mm-hmm. and you can have two or three people you know get as many autographs as they want um if they have the time they want to wait all day long me i'm p- past the point of autographs uh i cover the sport now for a living so yeah, it's nice to have an autograph if um, somebody gives it to me. But I'm not going to wait an hour for an autograph anymore. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that's 
a big negative of these events? I think it is that, and that's actually why I said negative aspect because um, I know with past experiences, you know, we've had people kind of rush past us, almost knock us over, just to get to a line. And I think that you know, I, I understand that they can only have so many people in a line because of the time factor, and however, you know, you have to take into consideration, you know people that are truly there for the love of the game and the love of the players because they love their team. Um, the Those autograph hounds that just want the autographs just so they can put it on eBay or, you know, they can make money off of it. You know, I really don't, I don't appreciate those kind of people. You know, some of them have been really rude, you know, and pushed me out of the way. And I, I really don't appreciate that, especially, you know, since I'm an actual fan of the game and of the sport and of the team. Uh, I, I second those thoughts. I mean, I can understand uh, people doing it for a hobby uh, that is not going to resell them, but you can pretty much tell what type of person they are because they'll have big binders yeah, and they'll want multiple things signed, you know, and they'll keep one for themselves and then they'll, sell the rest mm -hmm. or either use it as trade bait for other stuff yeah and mm -hmm. they they always um when they're wanting to do that they always try to get multiple things signed you know there are so many people that can get in line you know you're only allowed to have one item signed so why try to push against the rules you know just because you want more autographs it's not fair to the player and it's not fair to the people waiting in line and I think that's why a lot of players don't like do giving autographs is because of the autograph hounds. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I cover sport and I see it from behind the scenes. And th there's a few players that will go out of their way to make the fans happy. But for the most part, players know which autograph hounds to avoid mm -hmm. because they will never stop. And I just have this one word is just... It's not going to stop. I wish it could be better enforced at these type of events. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they have card shows that autograph pounds can go to, autograph shows. Let them go to that and yeah. get their autograph. Don't get me wrong. I don't have anything against people that's doing this ethically. Yeah. Because I've met a lot of people that's autograph pounds that's very, very, very respectful. Yeah. There's been a few times where... Uh, the the opening day um, a couple of years ago when ESPN was in town when Barry Larkin was with the crew uh, opening day uh, opening day we was uh, waiting for um, him to sign autographs and so this this guy cuts me and you off and Barry was right next to us and it just so happened he quit right after that guy and. That that didn't settle well with me because he went right over to the next side and he got another Barry autograph. I was like, okay. I was like, he's autograph out. Yeah. And that very same guy that later on that year at Reds Fest um, had cut me off. And, you know, and I remembered him because of that incident with Barry Larkin. And, you know, he was 
I said, excuse me, you know, I was in line here first and he just cut right in front of me. And he said, I, you know, he just didn't care. Yeah. And it, there's just, he didn't have any respect. Um, do you think it's money, uh, well worth the money spent? I mean, it's 25 bucks for both days. Uh, you get to meet all the players uh, if you want to stand in line. Um, you get photo opportunities. You can meet past players, broadcasters, the whole nine yards. Everybody's there. It's a good. It's really a good time for the money. Um, I think it's great. We both love Reds Fest. It's probably my favorite event of the year. Um, I've been to a couple opening days. Um, I th I think Reds Fest is better than opening day. Uh, what What's your take? Um, I love Reds Fest. Uh, this will be the third year that I've went and the third year that we went together and, um, it's very kid friendly, family friendly. They have so many things for the kids to do. The mascots are there. They have, they can play baseball. They can learn, get hitting, you know, things from, or hitting, uh, pointers from hitting coaches. They can, you know, there's games that the players play, you know, it's, it's really cool. And they do the, you know, the family feud game with the players. That's pretty awesome. And, um, we really, um, have a good time and I think it's well worth the money. I think the wait to get in is a little bit long. You know, you have to wait. They open the doors at 9am and they don't open until 3 um, but it's, that's a very long window to wait in a line. I think, you know, they could do better by kind of opening the doors later in the day so that people don't have to stand there and wait in line so long. That, that's good. I, I agree with your assessment on that. Um, I think there's a couple things they could do to fix that. For one, um, just opening doors an hour before time. Um, I don't think you should have to wait there all day just for a good spot. Because, let's face it, on it, I don't know what the turnout will be this year. I mean, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I love a big turnout at Reds Fest. It makes it more funner. You get to meet more people. You get to meet uh, Twitter. You meet new friends. You get to meet new friends. You get to meet new people from Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to be this year since the Reds is going to be lousy. But usually Reds Fest has a pretty good turnout. So I'm hoping for a pretty good uh, 2015 Reds Fest. All right, next topic is the Louisville Bats uh, just changed their logo. And uh, it's their first major change in quite a long time. Uh, I think since 2002, if I'm not mistaken, is it their first major change. Um, I like the new logo change. Uh I thought the last logo was probably the worst in the International League. Um, as far as the best in the International League, I, I'm probably biased, but I really like the Columbus Clippers logo as far as the best in the International League. As far as that goes, I just I like their uniform style and I like everything about it. But this new logo style with Louisville, I mean, it looks pretty sharp. So I don't know. I think Louisville is going to give them a run for their money. So Louisville might just overtake uh, Clippers for my top spot for logo change or for logos in the International League. What do you think about that, honey? Um, I like some of the logos of the new one. Um, 
I do not like the cartoony bat sitting on top of the baseball. I think it's kind of cheesy. I think it's kind of cheesy too. I, I, cause I started looking at that. I was like, that looks a lot like a comic book, comic bookish. Uh huh. And for I, I don't I don't know if you're a comic book fan, you might like it, you might not, but I'm pretty sure that is the um, alternate identity logo. Uh, it's just it's almost kiddish to me. Now their home their home uniforms is pretty sweet. I mean, it's got the uh, bats row on it. And it's got the LB for the hat. That the hats is gonna be pretty sweet. Uh, I like them. I like their away uniform. I like their away uh, alternate or navy alternate and their red alternate. Um, I, I think their hats is gonna be a good seller. I think they're they might be pushing tops in the minor league uh, as far as uh, hats sold this year. Uh, what do you think, honey? Um, I think they're. I think the change is good. Um, what I like is the uh, the curse of Louisville with the bats as the dots for the eyes. That's really um, pretty sweet. But the as far as the new logo, um, the primary identity, I do like that better than the last one. But like I said earlier, the the cartoony looking bat that's just it's a little cheesy to me. Um, but I really, really like the, the primary identity logo. All right. Um, your favorite Reds player and why? My favorite Reds player um, would have to be, you know, I really used to thought that it was Joey Votto, which I love Joey Votto. But I really, really like Todd Frazier. Um, and the reason being, you know, he, every time we've talked to him, he's been really nice. Um, he's signed things for us. He's done things for us. He, he held a sign for us for our wedding day before practice. And, you know, that was sent to us. So, you know, I think that, that was really sweet of him to be able to do that. And he's, you know, he won the home run derby. So, you know, he's, he's done really well. And I, you know, I really like him. Uh, speaking of the home run derby, we got to watch that. Because we's down at uh, my mom, our parents' house, yes. and uh, me and her both was watching it, and we sitting there thinking, "There's no way he's going to win this." And sure enough, he won it, and we both went crazy. Yes. <laughs> was you expecting him to win that? I was nervous. I was hoping that he would, but I was I was really nervous. Um, there toward the end, it, I was on the edge of my seat. And, you know, praying, oh, come on, Todd, you've got this. And sure enough, he blew it out of the park, and he won. And I was so ecstatic. I was so happy for him. Uh, what is your thoughts uh, about the upcoming 2016 season? Uh, what do you look forward to? Uh, what don't you look forward to? And what's your prediction? Good one. Put me on the spot there. Um, I hopefully... Um, they have a little bit more wins than they did last year, but I doubt it. <laughs> That's my wishful thinking. Um, I, I just think that they need to, I don't think it's going to be the best season. I am excited to see Tyler Holt play some for the Reds. I, I, 
watching him with the Clippers was really cool. So um, I'm really excited to see how he does with the Reds organization. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I Hopefully we can get down to several games this summer and spring. And hopefully they'll do okay. I mean, you know, we can't, we can hope, but <laughs> I don't know if it's going to become a reality or not if they can make it to postseason. Okay, folks, that's all for today. Uh, hey, we want to thank uh, some special guests. Uh, Graceful Closer was um, gracious enough to let me use their song, uh, Chasing Fears, uh, for at the end of this podcast. You're going to be hearing it coming up here soon. Um, go check them out. They're great. Uh, they're, uh, they are a Christian rock band, and uh, they're really, really, really good. So I highly suggest you uh, listen to them. And also coming up is a interview I did with uh, MLB Passport uh, founder Tim Parks. So uh, that's coming up as well. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast because I know Melissa and I enjoyed doing it with you. All right. Bye. Passport program. Thank you, Tim, for joining the podcast. I appreciate it. Great. Glad to be here. Uh, what made you come up with the idea of the MLB passport program? Uh, well, I was on vacation in Alaska and uh, with my uh, daughter and my niece, and um, the Reds were in contention that year in 2010, and um, I was following a little bit more closely and everything, and then uh, uh, when, I drove to, when, you, when you drive to Alaska, you go in and out of customs, you know, about a dozen times, and um, not real good cell service up there, so you have a lot of time to think and things like that, and and so I started thinking back to when I was a kid watching the Reds play <clears throat> with a big red machine in the, uh, in the 70s. And I started thinking, like, <clears throat> you know, I don't have anything to remember all my experiences going to the ballpark with. I had nothing. Uh, no souvenirs, no documents, no ticket stubs, uh, nothing. And so uh, I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to have something to remember, um, you know, your, you know the, the seasons by? And so... Um, when I was going out of customs with the passport, my U.S. passport, um, I thought, you know, it'd be, be cool to have something that you could, you know, actually document and stamp, you know, being there at the ballpark and write your memories in. And so uh, when, I get, when I get back at nighttime at the hotel, I would Google and search and, you know, see if anyone else had that idea at all. And I couldn't find anything, and so I just started writing notes. And uh, when I got back uh, from my trip, I hired a, a graphic arts guy and uh, started designing the, uh, the passport book. That's my next question. Uh, what was the design process like? Like how long did it take from start <clears throat> well, to it, finish? It took from the time I came up with the idea um, to the first prototype, which was a small book, uh, about uh, four months to do that. And then uh, uh, we then produced, based off that, we then produced the, uh, the first Red's passport. Uh, it was available in April of 2011. What was the Reds' reaction to the product? Well, when I when I got done with the prototype and the stamp and how it would work and the book and everything, I called the Reds, uh, Phil Castellini, and uh, told Phil, I said, hey, I got this pretty cool idea I'd like to show you. He said, sure, I'd love to see it. Come on down. And so uh, um, I took everything down, showed it to him. He loved the idea. Um, he took everything with him. He was going to the winter meetings in Orlando in three weeks. And uh, he set up a meeting with MLB offline from the winter meetings and to discuss it. 
and uh, they loved the idea. And, um, and then when uh, he got back, he called me and said, hey, come on down. We want to talk with uh, MLB on a conference call. And uh, so I went down there to the Great American Ballpark and entered the boardroom and got on the conference call. And they said, Tim, we love it. We're going to give you the license. And that's where it all started. What was your reaction to that? I was, you know, I was, uh, you know, obviously it was cool, you know, being there and, and uh, in, in the boardroom and all the pictures and the history and talking to MLB and the Reds. And, um, but for something that had never been done before, you know, it was you know, nervous apprehension. You know, didn't know what, you know, what was going to take place. No one had ever done that before. You know, so being the first, you know, was kind of, you know, challenging. Um, what was the fans' reaction to the product when it was first released? Was well, it- I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's the first time it had ever been done. So there was a lot of questions, a lot of, you know, but um, uh, once fans understood it and, and it was explained to them, they, they loved it. And uh, it just kind of took off from there. What um, what's the licensing process like to get licensed for a product like that? Well, the the way it was explained to me was that um, if you've got zero experience in, in in baseball, then your odds of getting a license are zero. Mm-hmm. If you have zero uh, percent experience in uh, retail, um, your odds of getting a license are zero. And uh, for someone like me. Um, who didn't have any experience in any of that. Um, it was the idea that, that carried it. And so uh, um, the process normally takes anywhere from 24 to 32 weeks to get a license. Uh, I had my uh, license approval in three weeks. Wow. And then we started on the, on the, on the design of the book right then. Uh, had to have it ready for uh, opening day. Now, you started a uh, Facebook page. Uh-huh. Do you think that helped the sales uh, it's, it certainly helped the chatter, you know, I, everybody who joins Sam Peters has probably already bought a book. So it's a place to, you know, that I'm sure people have shared and seen and, and things like that. That was started here about a year ago. So this is the, uh, for five years into the passport program right now. So oh. it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun of watching other Sam Peters post their travels and adventures and stuff. I'm a member of that group myself, and I like seeing where everybody's going on any given day. Yeah. I think I was, I think I was uh, watching throughout the playoffs. Didn't we have like somebody like uh, almost every single playoff yeah. game? Every game, World Series and, and playoffs and the NLCS and ALCS. So it's, just, it's pretty cool. Now, if somebody buys the passport now, what changes have you made to the passport? Well, I just just sold out of the last edition, which was five thousand copies, and uh, so we've revised and updated, and uh, so I've changed the game day facts around to make it a little more information available about the game. Um, included places where fans can sign each other's books as a witness to the game. Uh, we added the Negro Leagues Museum in Kansas City as a part of the book, as a part of the program, and uh, just some enhancements to it. Uh, it's getting better and better each time we uh, revise it. Uh, listening to the fans and watching what they want and, and, and what they enjoy uh, doing. And, and so uh, as I get feedback from, from fans, you know, we adjust. You know, no major changes. Uh, go, going back to the licensing, at first was it only the Reds or was it all the teams? Well, to get a license, you have to get Major League Baseball, so, which covers 
everything, not just, you know, it covers all the teams, all the logos, all the trades and marks and things like that. And then we also had to get the uh, MLBPA license fee to have the players inside the, the Reds passport book. So the Reds were the only one to have a book the very first year. Okay. Um, and so we added a few more teams the year after, and, uh, and then we uh, uh, released the uh, MLB Ballpark Passport book, which, is, which has been our biggest seller, uh, in July of 2012 at the All-Star Fan Fest in Kansas City. What was it like to see your product expand like that? Oh, it's, it's, it's really neat. I mean, it's, a, you know, it's been a lifetime, not a lifetime dream, because it just kind of popped up, you know. But to, to watch it um, evolve and, and the number of people I've met uh, because of it, um, watching the fans and seeing their enjoyment and logging their memories and watching their kids and grandkids, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty neat. Now, do you have a favorite memory traveling with your MLB passport? Because I know you try to go see the Reds on the road and use your passport that way. Do you have a favorite memory? Yeah, September 28th of 2012, I went to Pittsburgh with my daughter and, and her friend. And uh, you know, we were sitting right behind the Reds' dugout. And, of course, I stand before the game. And um, so as the game was going, you know, I was filling in the box scores and, and writing notes and things like that. And... Um, got to be about the eighth inning, and Homer Bailey had a no-hitter going on. And I thought, well, you know, he just might be able to do this, you know. And then he did. He, he, he pitched a no-hitter. And, uh, of course, being so close to the dugout and the players and with my daughter and uh, all you know, the fans' reactions and stuff, and, and I'd never seen a no-hitter before. Uh, it was something that uh, I had wrote about in my story about, you know, you never know what's going to happen at any baseball game. Mm-hmm. History could be made. And I said it could have been a Nolan Ryan no-hitter or, or something. It was, you know, he's not Nolan Ryan, but it was a no-hitter. And so I'd say that had to have been probably the coolest experience that I had uh, with my book. Now, is the passport for, could, like, people that's already in the baseball uh, business, kind of like journalists and stuff, could they use that maybe to document their experiences? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 the book is uh, it's, it's all about uh, your own personal memories. So it, anyone could enjoy it and use it. You know, and have it for years to years to come. Okay. That's Thank you.
Yeah. <laughs>